Hey guys, how's it going? The other day, Tyler and I were stuck in the car for quite some time, so to pass time, I had him interview me, and I sat down this afternoon to edit the interview, and all you could hear was like the most obnoxious background noise of our, what sounds like AC, even though it's not. <laughs> um, it's not the AC. Yeah, so I made him sit down with me a second time to re-ask me all of the questions that he asked me before, maybe some new ones. So we're going to try and bring the same electricity that we brought to the first interview. It was lights out. <laughs> we'll see how it goes here. So I'm just going to do my intro here. Normally I edit one in, but here we go. So get your scrunchies, get your shirts, give the pod fa- podcast five stars, like all the pictures on Instagram. Shirts. Shirts. Shirts have been released. Good models. Make sure you guys check out the shirts. <laughs> All right, so Tyler's going to take over. He's going to be the host of the show for the day and ask me all the pondering questions. Yep. Uh, We'll try to do it as good as the other time, but there's no promises. Probably going to be better, so (laughs) we'll see. Um, First, let's talk about the car ride that finished after the podcast. (laughs) So just to clarify really quick, it's just a quick story. We were driving from Charlotte back to Wilkes to pick up our dog. I drove the first, like, five, five and a half hours, and then we switched out, and I fell asleep because I had been up late the night before, and I wake up and we're on a back road, and there's no back roads from Charlotte to Wilkes. (laughs) So I wake up and I ask Kelsey, what are we doing? And she said, oh, there was an accident. We're taking back roads. I said, okay. So I tried to go back to sleep, and I realized we weren't really moving. And so I got up, and we were stuck in the worst traffic ever. And we sat in that traffic for so long (laughs) that our eight-and-a-half-hour car ride turned into a 12-hour car ride. Yeah. That is what my nap was woken up into. But he was mad at me. He was like, why did you get off the freeway? We're like, why are we here? And I was like, well, it said it was going to save us an hour. I'm just following, like, Google Maps. And it ended up that there was an accident or something on the freeway that closed the whole entire freeway down. But we were in, like, a very small town, so there weren't, like, a lot of, like, alternative routes to take. We were at a dead stop for two hours. Literally insane. Like, the freeway was closed. Yeah. So that's what I woke up into, and then... So this is a retake <laughs> of that podcast. Alright, so first, <clears throat> let's see, what should we start with? Where did you grow up, and kind of how did you get into hockey? So I grew up in California, Northern California, Um And I originally played, or excuse me, not played, I originally was a figure skater. My parents kind of threw me into that and threw my brother into hockey. And I semi-enjoyed figure skating and 
my brother's like might team or whatever it was did a family versus team skate and I got to wear the coach's like old gear so it was this 30 year old man or however old he was but I was in his gear as like a little seven year old and it was just eating me up but I had so much fun and my best friend's mom knitted uh my best friend and I these pink little hockey socks so we wore those and I had such a great time I was like mom I never ever want to do figure skating again like this rough and tough stuff is more my style. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So then after that, where'd you go? So you started playing mites. <laughs> um, kind of, kind of. So. And were you not playing mites? You were already like squirts or you were too young or? No. So when I started playing, we played at the Berkeley Ice Rink in California, which is no longer a thing, sadly. But they were the only all-girls program near us. And there weren't a lot of girls playing at the time. So we had all age groups mixed together. So when I say that, was literally like me with like 19-year-old girls and like everything in between. So I wouldn't really say it was mites. <laughs> so you started skating with every girl in California. No, well, it was like every girl in our region that was playing, which like was only, I Did don't know, like games? 20 of us throughout like that whole age thing. And I don't really remember if we played games or not. I'm sure we just played like scrimmages or against like other little people from our rink. But that rink closed down shortly after I started playing. So I think I only played on that team for like two years from, like, the time that I was seven to, like, maybe nine or something like that. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> then what? And then after that rink shut down, RIP Brickley Ice Rink, uh, the closest team to me was the Junior Sharks, and they, same thing, it was a beginning program. They only had a couple of teams. I think they had, like, three different teams for, all, like, the whole age group. So for it was, girls. Like, for yeah, all girls. Yeah, for girls, exactly. So I played there, and I played there from, like, 9 until I was 14, 15, something like that, until I was a sophomore in high school. Oh, so you played there a while. A really long time, yeah. And so those... you never played for, like, the Blackhawks or anything? No, because the Junior Sharks were the only ones that had a girls program. And I actually... So you had... only played girls, like... Well, I played boys also, but I didn't really have a problem getting onto the boys team. Like, if I didn't make the boys, like, A team and I played B, like, it wasn't such an issue for me because I was still playing girls where, like, I know some of the guys would probably, like, go try out for the different teams in the area. But, like, to me, it was, like, more practice time than, like, this is where I'm going to showcase myself. Gotcha. Yeah. So, girls, so, did you guys travel a lot for that? Oh, my God. We traveled so much. So... With girls in California, when I was growing up, it was every game that we played against boys was only considered a scrimmage, and none of it counted towards our record. So for us to get any games on our record, we had to travel. So we did a tournament once a month across the country, pretty oh. much. There was only, I think we did, like, the President's Day or the MLK did tournament where like they came to us but that was the only tournament besides that we would go all over and yeah I think my parents for that <laughs> that's so much because yeah playing in California you have to travel so much it's crazy you do and like like I said there's there were not a lot of girls teams at the time it was really in California it was only us 
and the Lady Ducks, and that was it. And as soon as I left to go to boarding school, they actually didn't have enough girls, um, so they did a merger. So it was the Junior Sharks and the Ducks, and our girls had to drive down there every single weekend because Kathy hosted the program for us. Damn. Yeah. So, kind of crazy. I'm so you know excited to see the sports girls teams grow. there were, like, in the country when you were that age? Uh, that I'm not sure about. I know it, like, took off in California a little bit later. Um, I actually really don't know the answer to that, but I would be That would be crazy. That would be super crazy to know. Because mm-hmm. if there was just two, now how many are in California? There's a good amount, right? I do believe there's more... And there's just more teams. Like, we didn't have high school hockey. Some of the, like, private schools had high school hockey, but none of the public schools. But now all the public schools around my uh, family home have high school hockey, hockey and everything. All of so, them do. Yeah. It's crazy. That's so crazy. You know, when really I was in high school. Off. I mean, I was a year younger than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm robbing the cradle here, guys. My <laughs> boyfriend's one year younger than me. Really snatched it up. <laughs> yeah, now they all. High school hockey. Um, okay, and then, so starting into this podcast, uh-huh. what are your expectations for this podcast? I am so excited that you asked me that. So, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Uh, I think it was a storm of a couple different things, knowing, one, that hockey is my passion, and, two, that I was losing my mind and having a lot of way too much free time during quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> so I was trying to think of, like, different things that I could do, and I've always wanted to start my own business. I actually, side note, pretty much every male on my dad's side of the family has their own business. So I come from a line of entrepreneurs. Yeah, actually, no, your dad, his brother, and his brother, right? Yep. They all do, and they all compare all the time. I remember hearing that. Yeah, you should see family dinners are like, this is what my business is doing. But it's very inspiring, and I think it gave me the entrepreneur bug. Um, I've tried, really seriously only tried one other business venture. The swimsuit? Which was like a whole swimsuit thing, which I did when I was... 19, maybe early 20s, something like that was I've really poorly done. But anyways, um, so this, this I got into because I was kind of losing my mind during quarantine, figuring out what can I do with my hockey passion that will fill my time during quarantine. And I came upon the podcast idea. Also kind of came about when Call Her Daddy was doing their contract thing, and I was looking into, like, oh, like, you can, like, make a living off of podcasts. Like, it does take a lot of time. Like, Call Her Daddy's been on, like, doing their thing for three years. Um, Joe Rogan has done his podcast for 11 years. I can't believe Joe Rogan's done this for that long. It's so good, though. It's, like, listening to his, he has some really cool people on his. It is, but you know what? I was, like, kind of nervous about starting a podcast than I did and since I've started I've gone back and listened to some of those bigger name podcasts their very first shows and you can hear like the quality difference their interview difference like everything like they've grown so much so I'm like okay you know I might be here but the potential is huge so I'm just gonna keep taking big strides and you gotta like just talk hockey and give back to people and get people excited and just about hockey in any way possible. I know, no, I love it because like I get to call up people I haven't talked to in a while. Like, uh, 
I haven't released this episode yet, but Malcolm have not talked to him since high school. And I think he left early. He left like our junior year. So I've legit not talked to him in like seven years. And um, then I get to reach out to like people that I don't even know. And now I'm in the coast, Malcolm. Hey. Malcolm plays yeah, in the yeah. coast, yeah. But like Vinny, I didn't know him before. Yeah, and that's now true. like I'm like, okay, I really feel comfortable with him. And he's been, you know, helping me network with the podcast. So it's been awesome. Sick. It's been really cool. Um, okay. You're, I kind of Will you ask me about the name again? Oh, yeah. Um, okay, here's one for you. (laughs) (laughs) You can't laugh. (laughs) Mm, Let's see, where else do we want to go? Ooh, here's one for you. (laughs) The name Tour de Force. (laughs) Where did it come from? Wow, what an intricate question. <laughs> You're not doing too good here. Okay, so thank you for asking. Oh, no, here, that. Lost again. <laughs> okay. Hmm. The next question I have for you. Is where did the name Tour de Force come from in the name of your podcast? Wait, just stop. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just nervous because it's like the speaker's right here. Um, <laughs> Sorry, he was twitching his legs, and after having to edit the last one and not figuring out how to edit it properly, I'm like, ah. But um, so Tour de Force, the name, I knew I wanted. Well, I was trying to think of different names, something clever, something original, and I thought of the word success, and I was like, well, I really want to interview people that I think will be successful and tell their stories and everything, and so I got on the internet, went to, like, the internet thesaurus, and typed in success and went through a rabbit hole of different words and stumbled upon two-a-day forest. And what two-a-day force means is pretty much, like, an epic event that'll only happen once or, like, a phenomenon of greatness. And I was like, wow, okay, that sounds strong. Like, that is a strong name that I will put to this podcast, but it's also, like, a little dainty and girly because, I don't know, it's in French. It sounds feminine. So I was like, I think that really fits this podcast and fits me. I agree. Yeah. I do. I like the name a lot. When you first told me, I didn't know what I thought about it. And then you explained it, and I was like, okay, that's badass. Yeah. So it takes a little digging to understand it. It's not one that just, like, pops right out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at first, you're like, what does this mean? And then if you, like, understand it, it's pretty powerful. It's awesome. Yeah. I know what you mean. My uh, brother is making fun of me. It's like, it sounds like Tour de France. Like, it's not going to take off. No one knows what that means. And I'm thinking of all these other brown brands, like Free People, Zoomy, Bauer, like these other things. You're like, what are, what is that single word? Like, it doesn't, those don't really mean anything until the brand grows and they identify it with the brand. So I'm like, okay, well, you might not know, no one might know what Tour de Force is yet. But it'll resonate with people eventually, and it'll be like, yeah, it'll hit, it'll hit well. Hell yeah. Um, what else we got here? Ooh, this is a question from the followers. 
Did you miss your dog for the two weeks? My God, I miss my dog a lot. So, we got fortunate, kind of, I don't know really the best way to put it. We're making the best of our COVID experience, pretty much. And since Tyler's schooling is mostly online and his hockey practices and stuff hadn't started yet with his university. We took the time to go back to one of his old um, places of play and where his brother is playing right now and watch his brother play their first um, set of four games or set of two games. And Tyler got to skate and stuff. But sadly, the people that we were staying with were allergic to dogs. So I had to leave my dog behind for two weeks, which is awful to me yeah. awful it's the worst oh my now god he's sitting on the couch looking all cute i know <laughs> and my dog is a hockey dog so i used to work in an ice rink and i worked there well when i first picked up boomer and tahoe's a very dog friendly place which is where we were living at the time so i would bring him to work with me sometimes especially if i was doing like scorekeeping for men's league or something And he would run in the snow in the Zamboni room and everything. And, like, one time we put him on the ice and he was running around. And I had already taken my gear off and everything. And so would my boyfriend. So we asked one of our friends to go out and grab Boomer because he was having fun, like, running on the ice. And the guy skated up to Boomer. And Boomer got so scared of this big guy and his pets that he peed on the ice. And then before we had to, like, Zamboni the ice again before we left. Luckily, like, both my boyfriend and I are Zamboni certified, so it wasn't that yeah. bad. But <laughs> Zamboni certified. So Boomer is a hockey dog. He's <laughs> a funny one. Okay. Hmm. If you could have one person on this podcast, who would it be? It could be anyone. Damn, that's a good question. Okay, so that was not on the previous interview. That's why I have to think about this because I've never really thought about it. So there are a couple that I've been, like, thinking about that I have in my back pocket. Um, One is Catherine Tappan. That'd be cool. I think she would be really cool. I was thinking about getting her on when I was doing the Working Women's podcast, but I just don't have the connections yet. Yeah. Um, the other one would be Clint Malarchuk. Oh, he would be pretty cool. He would be cool. He's like an awesome guy and we know him, but I just couldn't, I haven't thought of the proper way to ask him yet. Because I, busy man too. yeah, so eventually I think he'll be on here. I can't promise anything because, like I said, I haven't asked yet. But and then I have this idea that I want to get like, I everyone has to pertain to hockey, and the only way that I'm like sort of bending the rules for this guy is I want to get Chance the Rapper on just to like read like really bad hockey names like the snl skit yeah so i think that would be cool i also don't know if that one would happen but um it could i have one who amanda and phil castle yeah (laughs) brother and sister see that'd be really cool i think that'd be badass I also want to hit up Caleb Barnes because she went to high school with me and she's on the Olympic team. I just haven't gotten to that one yet. That's sick. Or like some of the girls that I met at 
national camp that have taken off and done really well. Like those are ones that like I haven't tapped on the door yet, but they're in my mind. I want to have them on. And what about the side note? How big is Michaela Boyle's dad? Like it's just known all over the place. Oh, I thought you meant size wise for, for a second. I was like, I don't know. I've never seen him. But yeah, so we, or I, excuse me. I interviewed, um, Michaela Boyle and she was really, really awesome. She was one of the people I didn't know and she was actually, I think the first person that I interviewed who I hadn't previously known. Yeah, so I was really nervous for that one, but we vibed really well. And so, I'm from California, so I didn't know about her dad's gym or anything until I researched her. And I was like, oh, my God, this is insane. And then here are some – well, now that Tour Day Force is getting a little bit of a bigger following, people have been like, oh, you, like, interviewed Michaela Boyle. That's insane. Like, we've been to the dad's gym and blah, blah, And, like, Tyler and I were listening to a different podcast the other Jack day. Eichel. Jack yeah. Eichel. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, we've heard a couple – People just talk about their gym. It's kind of insane. I wish I had all those connections. Like, what a life to grow up in. Yeah, that's sick. That would be so fun. It would be. Um, all right. Next question. Ask me. When did you really start to, like, like hockey? Like, chase it? Or did you always like it a lot? Or, like, for me, it was just, I don't know, I picked it up. I played when I was young, and then I got really big into it when I was, like, 15, 16. Mm -hmm. So, like I said, I made the decision to play hockey when I was, like, so young that, like, obviously all the decisions that I were making was, like, yes, I love this. Or, no, like, I hate that. Like, they weren't, like, really intelligent, like, wise decisions. They were just innate things, kind of. And I think, I don't know, I just gravitated towards hockey, and I loved it. And all of my best friends played. Like I said, I didn't really transfer teams or anything, so I was with the same girls for so long. So they became my best friends. But I think the biggest thing for me is that, my family has had some of its own issues and things have become difficult at points in my life and I've always found an escape in hockey and I which seems so so bizarre absolutely so bizarre but when things were really difficult in my life is when my hockey career would take off the most because I would spend every moment at the rink that I could I'd be like oh I'll just go to the track I'll do this skate okay I'll do this skate just to like I don't know if it was like to avoid the rest of life or to like take all my aggression out on the ice I don't know but so I've I think that's kind of why I've leaned on the sport is because it was almost my support throughout my whole life emotionally and like mentally it like just cleanses the brain almost yeah no that's awesome (laughs) Sick. They say a lot of people who are like the greatest athletes have had something that's driven them like super hard. Yeah. It's like that. It would just drive you harder to play hockey, which is crazy to think about. It is. It's kind of badass though. Um, your favorite hockey moment? My favorite hockey moment. So.
I know the one that I said before. I was trying to think if there were any other ones. I think I have two favorite hockey moments. Um, the first one would be the past, that story that I told you about before, which I'll retell for you guys. Um, so I was at Selects. Yeah, it was definitely selects. It was our first round of selects. And I forget how old I was, but we do our tryouts in LA. You guys go to Northern California, then Southern California, then somewhere else? Or what do you guys do? We did, so at the time, because I know it's different now, we would go to LA and do selects. And then we would do districts in Washington. Okay. And then I wanted to say there was one more, but I'm kind of blanking if there was one more or if you went straight to national camp. National camp. Because for us, it went NorCal, districts, Natty Camp. I think it was the same for us. I think after you made it through Washington, you made it on. But in my trial in LA, I was just so exhausted and so dead and I got the puck and we were racing down the ice to the other end because I played defense and this person was across the ice on the other side and I just made like the best saucer pass through all of these people which is kind of absurd because I don't even know how to saucer pass like I (laughs) that's not in my bag of skills or tricks it's just not (laughs) like listen to me talk like I don't I can't even say it properly but anyway so I made this awesome pass across the ice that was just like unreal and the girl went down and scored, and I hopped off the ice. And I truly attribute that to, like, being one of the main things. Like, that one shift just being one of the main things to get me to national to camp. National camp. Um, so there was that. And then I actually think I have three most memorable hockey moments. So but then what this, about national camp? What happened at national camp? National camp, I think I kind of blended in, to be honest. I, I might have looked really good in LA and in Seattle, but I didn't I didn't compare to those girls in national they camp. They were sick. They were much better than me. Did you talk to anyone at national camp, like any schools or anything? No, I was pretty young at that point. Oh really? Yeah. Gotcha. Um No, I didn't, but we'll come back to that in a second because I do think I ended up getting an offer from national camp. Um, but I want to finish telling my memorable moments. So the second memorable moment I think is when I got committed to boarding school. So we were late to a tournament. We flew to Connecticut for our big scouting tournament of the year. And there was a huge snowstorm and our flight was delayed and all this craziness. And we didn't get to the rink on time we actually like my dad had to get the rental car and like one of the other parents came to the airport and picked me up and drove me to the rink while my dad took time to get the car and I hopped on the ice and I started playing the game and I got a really nice breakaway and scored and it's my dad was walking into the rink and I pointed at him and we kind of like celebrated (laughs) together through the glass and after that, Craig Churchill, who's my coach at New Hampton School, walked over to my dad and was like, oh, that must be your daughter and blah, blah, blah. And after that, that's kind of how I got involved with that school. And my dad loves that story. He tells it all the time. 
And then I think my third moment would be trying to get back into hockey after I took a break. Yeah. And even though it didn't all work out the way I wanted it to, it doesn't take away from the emotions that I felt in this moment when I called Clausen and he was like, yeah, you can come to Utica. I think we'll find a spot for you. It'll be good. And I was like, no way. Like, how can I get another chance at reliving my dream? This is unreal. Yeah. And so Clausen's the coach of Utica and I had taken two, three years off, something like that before I attempted to go back and play college hockey again <laughs> three years off damn i didn't realize it was that long so you didn't play for three years or four years um let me think about it so i left lake forest in december of 2014 and when did you become a freshman? 2018? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, four years almost. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy, but I wouldn't say that I took a break from the sport. I would say I took a break from playing competitively. Yeah. Because I was on the ice constantly, especially as soon as I got that phone call or pretty much as soon as I decided that I was going to leave Tahoe and take another stab at my dream, I was on the ice and in the gym and working hard 24-7. Yeah, that's true. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so those were the three. Yeah. So then next... How did you end up going to Lake Forest? Yeah. So I went to New Hampton School, which is an awesome school, and they have a brand new rink, which I haven't gotten a chance to see yet. But if you're looking at going there, especially for women's hockey, I can't speak to the men's hockey program, but Craig Churchill, awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Love that guy. Love his family. Love all of their mini army of kids. <laughs> That's crazy. That's sick. Um, but so I didn't know really what I wanted to do for college or where I wanted to go, but I was looking at a couple of different schools. Um, the main schools that I was talking to for hockey was like Quinnipiac and Lake Forest. And then the other schools that I was looking at were in California. So... It was like, if I got this D1 offer, that would be freaking insane. I went and toured there. They only had, they had like one or two defensive spots open when I toured. And, the, oh, so this is why I think I got that offer is because they said that they were watching me play at Natty Camp and they were interested in me. And so I got that offer and I went and toured. And as I was leaving, I saw the girl that was, like, my line mate at Natty Camp go. And she actually ended up being on the team, so she got that spot. Damn. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't think I would have played there, honestly. Like, <laughs> those girls were really good. But then after that, I was looking at Lake Forest. And the reason I picked Lake Forest is because I have a lot of family in the area. Mm-hmm. 
and so I felt comfortable there. I've always wanted to know my Chicago family because I grew up so far away from them. So I ended up deciding to go there and, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. That's cool, though. I understand that. Being close to family would definitely be nice, too. Yeah, it was really nice, and because Chicago is set up with the best train system ever, so even though I didn't have a car and my family didn't necessarily live close, because I was in Lake Forest, and they were in, like, Elk Grove and Winnetka, mm-hmm. so when I would just hop on the train, which was, like, a block or two away from the school, and then I would go just a couple stops down. It took me, like, 30 minutes train ride to go see my family. Oh, that's It was bad. so nice. That's sick. Not even that, because I think it was, like, 30 minutes to get into the city. So we would be in this, like, really nice suburb. Mm-hmm. Like, mansion nice. Oh, really? Yeah. It's one of the richest places in America. It's kind of insane. Forest? Mm-hmm. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, Google it on Zillow. The houses are insane. But we would be in this really nice area, and then you could just hop onto the train, and you would be in the city, and it was so much fun. Lake Forest and Sierra Nevada. Just super expensive areas. <laughs> yeah. I guess I have expensive taste. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. That's so funny. Okay. Then, let's see. What else do we have? So I can tell you how I left Lake Forest and ended up in Tahoe. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And my whole life took a turn. Yeah, so let's see. Our next question will be, how did you get from Lake Forest (laughs) to Lake Tahoe meeting me (laughs) and some little ice rink in Lake Tahoe? (laughs) So Lake Forest was freaking awesome. I had the best time there. Like, not going to lie, until... Things got a little bit tough for me there and tough with my family and tough in my life. And it was just like a a big melting pot of craziness yeah. of a year for me. Um, but before that all kind of hit the fan, I enjoyed freshman year at Lake Forest so much. It was so much fun. I had like the best group of female friends. I really liked all of the girls on the team. We would go into the city and run around Chicago and it was just the absolute best. And then, like I said, I just like kind of went through a lot and felt that it was best for me to go home and figure my life out and figure everything out and kind of smooth over the rug so after the first semester of my freshman year was over I actually moved back home to California so unfortunately I only got to do preseason with the girls and I didn't get to play in any games Mm -hmm. and so I worked for my father's company and I did that for about nine months at the age of 18 or 19 I forget And that's when I was like, okay, if I'm going to get my degree, I need to do it now or else I'm never going to do it. And I felt like I owed it to myself and to my family to get my degree. For sure. So it was like two weeks before a lot of the schools were supposed to start in session. So I just kind of looked up like rolling admissions, colleges, 
been found Sierra Nevada, which is in North Lake Tahoe, and my family has a second home in South Lake Tahoe, so it worked out really well because my dad didn't have to pay anything extra for living or anything. So I lived there, and I commuted, and it was awesome, and I actually met one of my best friends there because we were in bio class, and she would wear Harry Potter clothes every single day, and I'm like, what the heck are you doing? And then one day, she wore a Tampa Bay Lightning jersey, and I was like, okay, what's up with you? You have, like, all Harry Potter and then one hockey jersey, and we got to talking, and she was like, oh, actually, I wasn't going to go to school. My parents applied for me and kind of, like, sent me out here, and I didn't want to be here, so I didn't pack anything because I was just planning on leaving. She goes, but I really liked it, so I went to Walmart, and they had a sale on shit, so I just bought it. No way. That's Riley. That's what she did. She just went to Walmart and bought as much Harry Potter stuff because that's all. Because it was on sale. Because she didn't bring it. She brought, like, one bag of clothes and she was like, yeah, because I'm just going to leave. But there's no way you get to Tahoe and you're like, fuck this place. Like, it's the most beautiful place on the planet. So. That is insane. And then the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> and what about this? They just won the other day, too. I know. What the so, heck? So, her and I went shout to Shout out sh- to them, too. Bad shout out. Her that's and I sick. went to a Sharks game together. And then after that, we were besties. <laughs> That's awesome. Then but, how did you find the ice rink in Lake Tahoe? Because you probably didn't even know there was one. No, I had no idea there was a rink in Tahoe. <laughs> Great marketing. <laughs> but I, which is insane because you would think that I drive an hour every day to school and the rink is only five minutes from my house, and yeah. I didn't know it was there. You pass it, damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was in class, and there was um, one guy named Eric Rowling, who I'm really, really good friends with. And he was like, do you want to go play stick and puck with us? We're going to go later on in the day. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, where are you going to do that? And he's like, at the rink in South Lake. I'm like, what do you, what? Like, there's a rink in South Lake. <laughs> so I went with them that day, and... At this point, I had taken about a year off from hockey. This had been one year I I hadn't touched the ice. I can't believe you didn't know there was a rink in Tahoe, though. Like, you never played youth tournaments there. Uh Uh-uh. That's crazy. No. Yeah, at this point, I had taken about a year off of ice hockey. Like, not even touched the ice. And it just... It was reignited as soon as I stepped into the rink. And I went to the guy at the front desk. And I was like, will you hire me? And it ended up being the owner, so he was like, yeah, like, of course we'll hire you. (laughs) And after that, I worked there for three years, and that's where I met Tyler, this cutie right here. (laughs) It's whatever. Got her no problem. (laughs) Took her out to the little kid's skate. He did. He took me out. Well, he didn't really take me out. We both got assigned to work this skate, and I rolled up onto the ice, and he was there, too. I had never met him or seen him before, but I saw this, like, what I already thought was a hot guy, but then I saw him playing with some little kids, and I was like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep, we can do this. We can work with this. Easy money. (laughs) Brought the kids into it, played with them, coached them. 
he would spend them around. He would have them lay on the ice like a starfish, and he would put a stick on the ice and spin them around until they pretty much would, like, get up and just fall right over. It was so funny. Yep. Just wait till they're older. They'll be able to get hit, and they'll just be able to skate because <laughs> they won't be dizzy. We were training them at young ages. They're going to be in that NHL, all of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. Oh, this is a fun fact I know about you. Okay. You're the first person in your family to get a college degree. <laughs> That's pretty badass. I debate, since you've asked me that question, I've thought about it, how I feel about college and everything. But still, you're the first. I am the first so in my immediate family to get a degree, and I'm really, really pumped on that. It wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy. I was, uh, yeah... It was a push at the end. But you know what the push was is that, like, I I had worked for my dad's company, and that was the only company I had worked for for a long time. And then I got to Tahoe, and I created a life of my own, and I got this job at the rink, and then I got another job because I knew this guy from middle school, and... I was working those two jobs same simultaneously, and I was making bank, and that was my first time, like, really, really making bank. Like, you made like not money. to, I don't know, to me, this was a lot. At 19 years old, I was bringing home $1,000 a week, yeah. which is insane, because I was like, this is not real. And so after that, after I had made that kind of money, I was like, why the heck would I ever sit in a classroom, spend money to sit in a classroom yeah. when I could be out there grinding? And, like, it wasn't easy. My first job would start at 5 in the morning, and I would go until, like, I think 1, something like that. And then I would nap for like an hour and a half and then I would go to my next job that started at three until 11 o'clock at night until the ice rink closed so I did that and I dated Tyler at the same time and I don't know how I was a functional person but yeah that it just deterred me from grades because I was like I could be out there making money why would I so it was kind of a grind after that going to school but I did it I was actually so crazy that first summer I was like dude this girl does not stop you're like up at five, at bed at like two. I was like, you, she just goes. Yeah. You were nonstop. I don't know. I saw that dough and I was like, okay. And it was, I don't know if it was the money that made me excited, but it was the fact that we started going on vacations and doing fun stuff with the money that I was like, yep, I like this. I like, I like this way more than doing homework. Yeah, that's so <laughs> true. But you did it. But I did it, and I'm pumped, and I now have a business management degree from Utica College. Shout out to the alma mater. Shout out. It's cool. <laughs> Tyler's bittersweet to it, but he loved it. Uh, no comment. No comment. Just kidding. So... What else? Well, I don't know. I had felt that I had, like, hit my potential in Tahoe, and I was ready for a new adventure. So I was looking at moving out of Tahoe around the same time that Tyler was going to be a freshman in college. And 
I was going to move rather to San Diego with my friend Stephanie or Colorado. Um, I didn't really have any jobs set up or anything. I was just looking for adventurous places. And then I thought that I really wanted to open a training facility for female athletes. And the best way to go about doing that would be to strengthen my resume. And I thought the best thing that I could have on my resume would be like at least to be a college athlete or a professional athlete. So I started looking up different teams. I was looking up teams in different countries and everything like that. And finally, I bit my nails and (laughs) asked Tyler. At this point, we had only been dating for two, two years, two and a half years, something like that. And... I asked him if he would mind if I went to Utica College with him. I had one year left, my senior year, and that was a really hard decision for him to make, but he was optimistic and about where we were going in our relationship and everything, so I was very thankful to that. No problem. (laughs) So... After he said yes, I applied and I called the coach, and the coach was very optimistic that I would be able to get onto the team, and that's how I got to Utica College. I pretty much saw an open door for me to take another stab at my dream, and I was so freaking pumped for it. sick. That's a good one. I was pumped. All right, and then you got into golf. (laughs) Okay, so Utica College did me dirty a little bit. The coach, well, I don't, I'm not going to say anything bad because it's actually a great program and I do thank Utica for a lot of things. Um, but unfortunately, I was unable to play there. The coach said that he didn't want to step on the toes of any freshmen that he could develop and didn't want to step on the toes of any seniors that had waited their turn and he pretty much, yeah. He just, he straight up, not pretty much, he straight up told me, it doesn't matter what you do, I'm not going to play you, but you can be a manager because I know how much you gave up to be here. And I said, well, okay, yeah, sounds were, good. You so had senior, you could only play for one year. So yeah, I was only eligible was for one year. So I said, okay, sounds good. And I still worked really hard and practiced really hard. And then he's. I, like, went into his office, and I was like, okay, like, why aren't you playing me? And he was like, Kelsey, we already had this discussion. And my jaw kind of dropped to the floor. I was like, oh, I didn't realize that you were serious, that it didn't matter, like, what the heck that I did. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm really sorry, but, like, pretty much just telling me, like, I wasn't worth it for, like, everything, which, like, in the spectrum of things, I'm not. One player to upset a whole team, and, like, you have to spend the rest of these, like, four years with these girls. So I really, really respected where he came from, Um, and I respect every girl on that team, and I'm still good friends with all of them to this day, but sadly, at that point, I had to step away because it made me really sad to just watch them play. Yeah, it sucks. So that was kind of a bummer. What was the question? Oh, golf. I don't know why I went on my own tangent. Oh, no, I do. Because, so, when I was trying to kiss ass to the coach, 
I would pretty much do anything that he said. So he was like, he also coached the women's golf team, which they under-recruited for. If they didn't find one more player, they were going to be forced to forfeit because they wouldn't have enough girls for the season. So that's when I picked up my first set of golf clubs. And it was not very pretty. I played my first 18 holes in a NCAA tournament. <laughs> but that's probably what I'm most What'd thankful you shoot? for. I shot a 218, 218. in an NCAA tournament. Holy fuck. A 218. That's unbelievable. Yeah, lights out, you know? Dude. But Did, yeah. Do you remember if you had like one good hole? No. I don't think I did. Jane, which was our assistant coach, literally walked the golf course with me explaining to me the rules because I didn't know. I didn't know what clubs to use. I didn't know how to score or like anything really. Damn. <laughs> so do you remember I, anything from that day? Like, looking back now that you actually can golf, are you like, what the hell was I doing? It wasn't that day, because that day I knew I was going to suck. I expected to suck, so I was able to enjoy it. Yeah, it was just It was fun. when I got into the sport at the end of the season, and I'm like, okay, well, now I don't want to suck, and I want to do better, but I can't get better, and I'm trying so hard. That's when I started to get frustrated, and those were the days that I remember, because I just remember my emotions being like, why am I not better than this? (laughs) But, yeah, now we golf all the time, and I absolutely love it, and I thank you. I thank Utica for all my free golf swag and for getting me into the sport. Yeah, no. (laughs) It's been pretty solid. She's still a little crazy on the course. Sometimes golf just knows how to get under your skin sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Telling the truth. Okay, and then what else? Did we have anything else? Let me think. I'm trying to think what else you asked me on the other one. Maybe like what are my goals for the podcast or where do I see this all going and everything? Okay, I'll word it. I'm not going to edit any of this. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, sounds good. (laughs) I'm pretty good at this. If you were to set one major goal for this podcast, what would it be? If I only got one goal. In men's league ever. (laughs) (laughs) If I only had one goal, I think it would be to inspire. If that makes sense. No, I like that. I like that answer a lot. And I don't mean like for me to inspire like I'm not bringing much to the table it's everyone else that's on the podcast to inspire like Blake Bennett how he really struggled and you know figured it out and now he's playing D1 and dating a really hot girl who's also another like captain 
so they're a cool couple. He's cool. Um, who else? Like all the girls that I just had on for the working women's one to inspire yeah, any girls that want to go into the sport, anyone who wants to go into the sport or who else has been on like Leah, who's the first her and Katie are the first girls from Lake Tahoe to play college hockey, you know? So it's like you can come from a small town and you might be the first to do it and it might be harder for you because you're the first, but it's doable. Like I, I like would, that. Yeah. I like that a lot. That's sick. That's badass. Just inspire the listeners. Anyone who really like interacts with the podcast, not just the people who come on it too. Yeah. No, I I mean, I enjoy the ability to get to talk to everyone and to meet people and stuff. But I think the people that will get the most benefit from it isn't really me as much as it's, like, whoever's listening that needed that extra little bit. Like, especially Parker. Think about Parker and his whole oh, concussion awesome. one. Yeah. Like, I really think that'll impact whoever listens to it. Super. It was an awesome podcast. Mm-hmm. That one was powerful. Um, so that would be your goal, to inspire. I think so. I like if that. I only had one goal, it would be to inspire. Definitely. I like that a lot. Hmm. Should we end on the inspire? I like that one. Yeah. That was a good one to end on. All right. Well, we are tuning off, um... Oh, wait, before we tune off, there was, and I was trying to think through really quickly all the questions we asked on the previous one, Um, and I think one of the best ones that he had asked me previously, that Tyler asked me previously, was, do I regret anything, or would I go back and change anything? And I think it's important to add this in, um, because, like I said, I think it'll... I don't know if it'll inspire as much as it'll relate to the people that need to relate to it and know that they're not alone, is when I was going through a lot my senior year of high school, I became very quiet and I secluded myself just because I had a lot going on and a lot of my confidence went down. And so if I could go back and do anything over it, it would be to tell myself that I need to be more confident and I need to push through. No bad days last forever. Um, so yeah, that was the one thing that I said I would do over is I wouldn't let myself soak in what was going on. So I think that's kind of an important thing to say. <coughs> I and, like that one a lot. And then we'll we'll end on that that there is well, do always you want to hear mine? better Never days. Mind. What was yours? I would change my hockey curve. <laughs> change the hockey curve. That's always a good one too. Oh, when I was younger, I would have scored so many more goals. <laughs> I used the flattest curve ever. I was like, what was I doing? No wonder I couldn't get it off the ice. <laughs> I've been using a way bigger curve back then. That's my regret. But other than that, no, I'm pretty happy with everything. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to see where this podcast goes. And I thank you guys for tuning in and for listening to my interview. It's always fun to be asked the question. Get to know the host. Get to know the host. Yeah.
So thank you guys for tuning in, and thank you, Tyler, for interviewing me twice. Hey, no problem. <laughs> no problem whatsoever. All right. See you later.